What's going on guys? Welcome back to the Cinematic Dimension Podcast where we analyze and look into film series and genres all across film and television. I'm your host Corey Gilchrist. This is episode 42 and a special Halloween episode. We're taking a look at none other than the Saw Dimension. You spend your life talking into a microphone by yourself, into a computer where nobody listens. Well, I want to play a game. A game where you gotta talk to save your life. You stop talking, the blade gets closer. The choice is yours. Can you talk your way out of this one? Everyone, give it up for Jigsaw. Thanks for coming into the studio and giving us that little line for us. I know you're a busy guy, setting up traps and everything. No, that was uh, actually my best attempt at recreating the classic Jigsaw tapes that the victims have to play throughout all the films. But, getting back on point. Every October, I try to check out um, a horror series that I haven't got to check out yet. And I've kind of done all the classic ones. I've done Halloween, Friday the 13th, Freddy Krueger, The Conjuring, Chucky. I've kind of got all the major ones out of the way. But ones I didn't get to yet was Saw. And if that sounds like a saw behind me, that's just my little chihuahua scratching her back, even though I keep telling her to be quiet. Anyway, off track again. So I finally got a chance to check out the Saw movies, which I actually was able to pick up pretty cheap last Black Friday 2018. I got the whole Blu-ray set with films 1 through 8, and I decided to pace myself and wait a year to watch those movies. And I finally got a chance to check out Saw 1 through 7, and then the later um, Jigsaw. And I wasn't even really going to do a podcast about this series because I didn't know how much I was going to like it. But as it turns out, I was just really blown away by the quality of filmmaking for these type of horror movies. You know, you go into a horror movie not expecting the next Citizen Kane, you know? You kind of just go into it for the fun and the thrill and the horror of the movie. But all eight Saw movies, to me, were made with quality intense filmmaking where it's really playing on your emotions where you're freaking scared the whole time because of what's happening to these people getting tortured and trying to find a way out and you have to the characters in the film have to confront their own fears besides cutting their limbs off the way to survive is to confess their problems and sins in their life for the most part every victim in the saw movie saw franchise is a bad person and of course, they don't deserve what this torture is being given to them. But Jigsaw is trying to shine a light on these bad people. He's kind of like this weird vigilante in a way. Um, obviously a little out there. Not a good person, a little crazy person. But he's taking bad people off the streets and torturing them. He's just a horrible, crazy person himself. So let me just bring it back to the original Saw for a second. The first Saw came out in 2004 and was really just... An original idea by James Wan, a master of horror making recently, and his co-writing partner at the time. And they just wanted to create a story that can help them break into Hollywood since they just graduated college. And they came up with this crazy idea of Saw, where these two guys are chained into a room and they have no idea what's going on. And they basically have to torture themselves to find a way out. So they came up with this idea and smartly, they ended up making a short film of the premise... And that short film was sold to a studio, 
and was later turned into a feature film which was directed by James Wan which jump started his career and you saw how great his career has gone on to do with The Conjuring, Aquaman, Fast and Furious 7 and it's all started from this one film that was made on a tremendous, tremendously low budget of maybe less than a million and this film was so successful it went on to gross I believe it was yes I believe it was 103 million the film went on to gross which still stands as the highest grossing R-rated film of all time compares to its original budget of $1 million. So just in that, Saw is an important film in filmmaking history. And it's such a unique and new twist on the genre that had been mined to death so many times. That's why people really fell in love with this film because it is such a torture on the mind of the viewer as well as watching the characters and putting yourself through that scenario. And they really created a new icon in horror with Jigsaw played by Tobin Bell, you know, John Kramer, the serial killer, who gathers up all these people and finds unique ways to kill them. But interestingly enough, James Wan didn't return for any more Saw films, only using the first film to kind of jumpstart his career, which is a wise move. He could have got stuck in that franchise and could have got typecasted in that type of thing, but instead he decided to branch out. But without James Wan, the Saw films continued with Saw 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. But... What's interesting is I kind of expected the films to go downward without James Wan involved. But the story was strong enough that you didn't need the mastermind of horror. Other people could come in with the unique viewpoints and bring something cool to the Saw franchise every time. And what's cool is what I want to talk about a little is that the Saw films of course are a horror film. But in the background of each film it kind of becomes a, a cop detective trying to find the killer. Each one, of course, has cops and detectives trying to figure out who the killer is. So you're kind of watching them in a cop show, cop movie, as well as a horror film at the same time as they cut back and forth. So you're really getting like two films in one each time. So that's cool and it kind of keeps you on your toes. But the biggest thing for me and why I wanted to record this podcast about Saw is that every film had a twist. And you're like, eight films in, how can you have another twist? These twists are crazy. I don't want to go into the exact twist because I don't want to spoil it for someone. I don't know how I didn't get spoiled after all these years. But it was such a delight to see each twist in the film. And you know over time that it's this old crazy guy who's really doing everything, John Kramer. That's not really a surprise. But when that was revealed in the first film about who the actual killer was and where he was at that moment that he was watching them the whole time and he gets up and then the classic theme song which has been stuck in my head starts playing and you're like oh my god what the heck and what's really cool is that they keep the twist until like the last 30 seconds of the film and then all of a sudden it's revealed that this cop was in on it this girl was in on it she planned the whole thing along with john kramer he hid the evidence so the cops couldn't find it. And you're like, what, what, what? And the next thing you know, the credits are going. So it's like the perfect cliffhanger to keep you coming back for more. And you really feel like you went through a cinematic experience because of those twists. And it's not like stupid twists. You're like, oh, that's stupid. That's just an easy cop-out. Each twist made sense. And it's really like connected this universe in a way that I never thought possible for a horror film of this kind. I mean, who would think just a cop standing in the background of Saw 3 played such an important part in, like, Saw 6 and 7? Or when John Kramer's wife, Jill Tuck, takes an envelope, she puts it next to a door in, like, Saw 5, and that envelope comes into play in Saw 7. And you're like, whoa, whoa, all these flashbacks, you know, what's going on? And then 
how John Kramer, he, some of the victims who survived throughout the films, he converts them to join his cult, and it turns out they were helping him the whole time on certain things. I'm not going to say who for if you haven't seen the film, but that's even crazier. And all these different connections, you're like, you can be going through the film like, all right, this is a good horror film, you know, it's not the best, but you're enjoying yourself. But then those twists comes, and that just raises it to another level for me. And I'm like, how are they going to pull it off each time? And each time they had a unique twist. Even going into Jigsaw, the last film that came out in 2017, um, I was a little worried going into it because the last film ended in, uh, I believe, 2009 because they came out consecutively from 2004 to 2010. I'm sorry, there was seven of them. But in the film-wise, they all took place around 2004 to maybe 2006 in the chronologically of the film. And now we're jumping 10 years to 2017. How is that going to work if John Kramer maybe is not even around, Jigsaw's not around, is, and if it's not a reboot, reboot and it's in the same universe, how does this work? But again, they found a way to keep me engaged the whole time, how I really enjoyed the new Jigsaw, and the twist at the end of how it is all connected back even before the very first Saw film, how it all comes together, is just, I, lo I love the twist, that's what I love most about these Saw films, and it's right there, Saw. I never saw that coming. The film's title, of course, kind of refers to the Saw tool of having to cut your feet off and stuff, but it's really about what the characters have seen and been through, what John Kramer's Jigsaw has saw, and then I think Saw also refers to the twists in the movies. You never saw that coming. You didn't see it, but you did see it. It was right in front of you. Like There is one moment in, like, in the Jigsaw film where he'll take a bullet and inside the bullet is the keys, and he'll put it in front of the victim, and John Kramer will say, the keys are right in front of you. And that's another thing, is that, of course, the torture is crazy, but there's always a way out to get uninjured. But they're so, the victims in the film are so hyped up and everything that they don't stop to calm down and think rationally that maybe they can get out of this without ripping their uh, chest off. When And then they rip everything off their bodies, and then they realize they could have just, like, moved slightly to the left or worked together and like put the key in that hole and everything would have been over fine but Tobin Bell you got to give props to him he plays Jigsaw in all the movies and he just delivers such a chilling serial killer performance the guy's great he's definitely up there now with Freddy Krueger Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers he's he's on the paramount not the paramount the Mount Rushmore of uh of um slasher films it's not even a slasher film he's just up there with one of the horror icons and I really enjoyed every time he showed up. Even if he was there for a little bit, it was just really cool to see him. So, what's going on with the future of Saw? I'm really glad that they haven't decided to reboot Saw. That's something that's very easy to do these days, especially how all the reboots happen with Freddy Krueger and all that stuff, and they even try to reboot Halloween. But I think smartly they saw how Halloween continued in the same universe and stuff like that. So, Saw came back in 2017 still inside the original Saw universe, and now we're going to get a Saw 9 coming out in May 2020. And what's interesting about this is that it's still in the same universe, so hopefully we get another appearance by Tobin Bell, Tobin Bell as um, Jigsaw. But this was a story that came from none other than the comedian Chris Rock, who is not known for horror, has not really done any horror films, um, unless you can't leave the weapon for no, I'm just kidding. I love Lethal Weapon. But Chris Rock came up with this crazy idea. He brought it to the studio. They liked it enough. They brought the writers in who did the Saw movies and they wrote it based on Chris Rock's treatment. 
and Chris Rock is going to star in the film along with Nick Fury himself, Samuel L. Jackson, has joined the Saw films. And I don't know where that's going to go, if they're going to be the cops, if they're going to be the victims trying to fight their way out, but that's pretty interesting that Saw is going to continue thanks to Chris Rock. So it's going to be interesting to see where Saw 9 goes, and it's very interesting that it comes out May 2020 instead of October, which where every other Saw film has come out in October and has made a tremendous amount of money on budgets like 10 to $11 million dollars. And they've made almost $100 million each film. I think it was Saw 6 that made the least, really $68 million, But besides that, everyone, every other film has made at least $100 million. So definitely Saw, I think, is going to be here to stay. So that's going to wrap up this podcast. I just really want to do a short little review of the Saw franchise. I can't go too into, too into detail because I don't want to spoil it for everybody. But I was just getting really excited watching these films. I couldn't wait to pop in the next one on Blu-ray. I knew I know I was 15 years late to the party, but I'm so glad I finally saw these films. They're so fun. They're scary. They're tense. I found myself yelling at the screen for people to get out of there, and that doesn't happen a lot these days. So I'm glad Saw is going to continue. We're going to get more scary things like this. So with that, thanks for listening. Happy Halloween 2019, and you have now exited the Saw dimension. It's game over. Mm-hmm.